0: Nice jumping, Kaelin. Good morning. Oh, thank you.. All right, good morning and welcome. So grateful to have you here. Um, really, really great group on a holiday weekend. Uh, so grateful everyone's joining us today. Um, before we get into the birthday uh, birthday singular this week, um, we do have one announcement in the book. Um, the Ladies Book Club will be going to see the movie Where Do You Go, Bernadette? Uh, I assume to learn where Bernadette has gone. Uh, this Tuesday at 6 p.m., at the Olathe AMC on Strangline and 119th Street. Uh, It's a book that the Ladies Book Club has read, so please let Cheryl Kraft know if you plan on attending. Even if you are not part of the Ladies Book Club, you are still welcome to attend and also find out where Bernadette has gone. Uh, So you will meet, if you want to go, at the box office before the movie at 6 p.m. Tuesday at the AMC. One hundred nineteenth and string line. Uh, Do we have? I didn't even check to see if we had the church. Is it it up there? Perfect. I usually try to check that out. Okay. Uh, The only birthday we have on the books, anyway, this week is Bill West on Tuesday. So happy birthday to Bill! There he is. I, I think it's up here. Come on up, man. All right, would you all pray with me, please? Dear God, we uh, would like to lift up Bill this week for his birthday, uh, that he may have this week as a reminder for uh, the love God that that we have um, as our community um, at at church and um, in Olathe, and God, we'd also like. Build to have this week to um, have remembrance for the love that you have from um, God and, and how much uh, he means to you and to us in his community. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: good morning, and welcome to all of you. Um, I'm glad that you've chosen to be here on this Labor Day Sunday weekend. I I really didn't expect this size of group, so it's really, really nice to see all of you. Uh, we are really fortunate today to have our Mission Center president with us. Donna has served us in various capacities since, well, served the church since 2001 served our mission center since 2004, and has now been our mission center president for the past, we think, three years. (laughs) Um, But now it's coming to an end. She will be retiring at the end of this year, and while it is much deserved, we will miss her. It's also nice to have her husband John with us here today. Thank you for being here. Um, there's another reason that today is a really special Sunday, and that is because it's Tate's, <laughs> Tate's First Communion with us, so we always like to celebrate those milestones. Um, I also want to mention, I hope um, you can stay afterwards. We're going to have a little cake and punch back there in the hospitality room to just spend a little more time with Donna and John, and I hope you can stay and, and just wish them well. As I prepare and plan a service that I am presiding over, a lot of thoughts and ideas go into it before I ever put down anything on paper. Usually, I like to finalize the order of worship at least a week in advance, and by that time, I've done, um, by, and by the time I've done that, I have a pretty good idea of how I wanna try and help prepare all of you for the service with my opening remarks. As I was thinking about these opening remarks yesterday, I still had swirling thoughts and was just all over the place and couldn't really get one clear direction. Called to mindfulness, our theme today that is really quite refreshingly simple compared to some and with a wonderful parable from Luke 14 from Jesus about humility and hospitality. Finally, yesterday, I sat down again and I reread all the scriptures that the worship helps suggest. I reread all the words to the hymns that, had, that I had chosen for today. I prayed over the service. I prayed over this congregation. And I prayed for Donna. When I finished my meditation, <clears throat> I immediately thought of an experience that Brad, Chelsea, and I had had about six years ago that I think exemplifies humble servanthood in a simple and lovely way. As I mentioned, the parable um, Jesus shares in, <clears throat> in Luke, the, um, Donna will be sharing that in detail during her message, um, but it's, it's an, Jesus uses an example, to say very briefly, Jesus uses an example of a wedding feast and where people choose to sit during that wedding feast to drive home a point about humility. So he used that to exemplify humility on many levels, but I have an example that is exactly that, a wedding feast and where one chooses to sit. As I mentioned, Chelsea, Brad, and I were involved in this. We were invited to a wedding of one of our neighbors. These were the first neighbors we'd met when we moved into that house in 1997 and for about the first at least two weeks, we were the only two houses that were finished and had people in them, so we met the Goebbels. They had three very young children, and Chelsea quickly became their number one babysitter through high school and even into her college years. Um, Obviously, the kids grew up during that time, and so when Chelsea was in college, it would be the parents were going away for the weekend, and Chelsea would come home and spend the weekend, spend the nights at their house with the kids. Um, So our family relationship grew over the years to one where we celebrated all the happy and great events in each other's lives. And we comforted and mourned together during the difficult times in each of our lives. A very happy event we celebrated was the marriage of their oldest daughter, Samantha. It was a beautiful wedding at one of the chapels at Core, Church of the Resurrection. The officiant was the pastor founder, Adam Hamilton, and assisting him was one of the junior pastors. He did an amazing job. I really didn't know much about him at all, but turned to Brad about two minutes into his challenge and, and whispered to Brad, I like this guy. I can't really tell you what he said but it, what I do remember most is how he said it. He was so obviously genuine, kind, and humble. Now, a wedding <coughs> ceremony <coughs> excuse me, is supposed to be all about the couple, but um, I don't know, I, maybe I expected from a pastor of a mega church that it wouldn't necessarily be, and it was also very apparent that he knew the couple well, And so he made it very personal for them, which, once again, I didn't quite expect. But fast forward to the reception now, a big fancy hotel ballroom reception. Brad, Chelsea, and I knew absolutely no one else there except the bride and family. So when the doors opened for the ballroom, we headed straight to the back of the room for a table at the back. We did not need to be near the wedding party, we didn't need to be near the dance floor, we didn't need to be near the cake, we were at the back of the room. The room filled up and all of a sudden we found ourselves sitting with Adam and his wife and the co-pastor and her husband. They too had headed straight for the back of the room. Adam clearly had no preconceived idea of being seated in a more prominent spot. I'm sure he could have seated himself at a closer table to the family, where people would have stopped by to talk to him, congratulate him on a job nicely done, just generally want to smooze with a prominent figure in their church and, and our community. But he sat with us, and we had the most delightful evening sharing as a group. Adam knew a lot about our denomination. He had spent some time with uh, Grant McMurray and felt like he knew him pretty well. But we shared on a very personal level, too. We heard bits and pieces of Adam and his wife's life and their kids' life story. The other couple's courtship and ministry. And we were included and asked about our, our lives. The evening came to an end, as every evening does, but it's left a lasting impression on me. To me, this was an example of humble disciple servanthood, putting others first. We are called to make our ministry about others. We are called to offer it in humility on behalf of all others. We are called to be humble servants for Jesus Christ. From my call to worship, I'd like to share um, three brief passages. The first from Matthew 23. The second is from Hebrews 13, and then from our congregational blessing. He who is greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. And from our blessing. Remember that each person who enters this place is loved and cherished by God, and just as you tend to the needs of your families, please tend to the needs of all those who come into your midst. Extend your love of family to all beyond bloodlines and households. There are those whose lives and ways of being are challenges to you. Consider these individuals also as gifts to the body, for in welcoming those who are foreign in any sense, you welcome the Christ among you. Open your ears to their stories, your hearts to their brokenness, and your arms to embrace them as brothers and sisters in Christ. The health of your community depends upon inclusivity, diversity, and grace, extended to all. After we share in our hymn of gathering, I've included a few minutes where you can share with and welcome the folks that are sitting around you and just let them know how glad you are that they're here today. As the time draws to a close, Mary will start playing hymn 276. That's your signal to get back to your pew Um, and be ready to sing the refrain of that song, All Are Welcome.
2: pray with me? Dear Lord, we praise you. We praise that you are and that you always have been and always will be. Please open our eyes to see the world around us and help us to visualize the world as you intended it to be. Where there is hate, may we exemplify love. Where there is need, may we be charitable. Where there is loneliness, may we give comfort Where there is misunderstanding, may we seek reconciliation. Where there is sorrow, may we show compassion, for it is only in giving of ourselves that we can become instruments of peace in the world. Amen.
3: Good morning. It is a pleasure to be with you guys today. I want to thank you um, for your patience with um, me not being here in the winter, being patient with that crazy weather we had, and and that it's continued throughout the year. It's been a crazy year for us in, in many ways. I know uh, very familiar faces out there, but some I do not know, and June already introduced me as part of the Mission Center president team, along with Katnetician. I've always tried to say that we are together in that, and uh, it was not just me having that role, so uh, thank you for that uh, introduction. For those that don't know, I wanted you to know that um, I was raised in Harrisonville, Missouri, so just uh, southeast of here, and uh, we had a big family gathering yesterday. We celebrate 50s in our in our family, and so we had two people that turned 50, and, and we give them 50 of an object, so it's, it ends up to be kind of a, a fun, you know, crazy thing sometimes. She got, um, well, the, it was a couple of them, so um, personalized pins or um, candy, different things. Uh, she even got a, a tub of minnows, 50 minnows she got <laughs> yesterday, so. <laughs> they have a pond in their backyard, so that, that was kind of a fun one. Uh, Many of you heard last spring that um, I'm retiring, and uh, just so you know ahead of time, I'm not at the age to retire yet, but John and I have long uh, dreamed of the day when we would retire and and travel the the U.S., you know. uh, We've always been campers, and John would always see a, a big Class A pass by on the highway, and he'd say, there we are, someday, honey, you know, someday. And we've just decided that we were going to move that forward a little bit. So some might call it crazy, but we're just going to try it out next year and see what happens. We don't have a lot of plans, but we just know January 1, weather permitting, uh, we're going to head south. So we'll see how that works out. Now, um, I was hoping to put a lot more stories in my talk today and uh, now that I'm seeing some of these faces, I have a lot of stories on some people here as I've worked with youth ministry for the last 18 years, but, but I, will, I will hold that and just keep it to myself. Plus, I have a pretty bad memory, so maybe the story wouldn't come out the way it really happened. So, um, I'd like to share first with our lectionary scripture for today. It comes from Luke 14, 1 and 17 to 14. On one occasion when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. And when he noticed how the guests chose their place of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor. In case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by the host, and the host who invited both of you would come and say, give this place, give this person your place, and then in disgrace, you would have to take the lower place. But when you are invited, go and sit at the lowest place. So when the host comes, he might say, friend, move to the higher, then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at this table with you. For all who are exalted, who all exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. In the second half of the parable, he also said to the one who invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors in case they might invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because you cannot, they cannot repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection um, of the righteous. Now, Jesus is teaching us a parable here, and it's kind of a two-part. And the first part, um, verses 7 through 11, talks about being humble. Um, Sometimes we can get a little boastful. I don't know um, about you guys. I... I tend to put myself down more than boast myself, but still I think I'm okay, and I'm pretty good at stuff. But um, do you have one of those friends that's better at everything than what you do, and they don't mind telling you that? So I have a friend, and I won't say a name, but um, whenever I, I... Talk to him and tell him something that that I've something I've done that's been pretty good. Oh yeah, he's done that too, bigger and better. And maybe it's a new place I've gone, somewhere I'm excited about. Oh yeah, he's been there too, bigger and better. Maybe something um a struggle has happened, something bad's kind of happened to me, and I'm just sharing in that. Oh yeah, it's always been worse, bigger and better for him too. So we can, tend, we can be a little boastful sometimes. Um, I, I think of it maybe like a balloon. So pretend I have a balloon here, and you know what? I, we can think that we're pretty nice, so we blow up a balloon a little bit. And, and, you know, we're not that bad looking. We're pretty good looking, so we blow up the balloon a little bit more. Maybe um, we're pretty smart. Yeah, I'm smart. Blow up the balloon a little bit more good at sports, I'm sure you guys are the best on your team, blow up the balloon a little bit more. And maybe you sing in the choir, and you've probably got the best voice, better than anyone on the radio, and you blow up the balloon a little bit more. Sometimes we can get so puffed up with our own importance that uh, we need to remember that those balloons also burst or lose their air sometimes. The scriptures teach us that, um, that if we are too proud and think too highly of ourselves, that we're headed for a fall. On the other hand, if we are humble and we realize that all of those gifts we have are through God and that he is the reason we're able to do those things, then we'll be given a place of honor in the kingdom of God. So remember from verse 11, it said, for anyone who exalts himself will be humbled but he who humbles himself will be exalted. I was going to share a story about King Nebuchadnezzar, but it was a little bit long. So if you want to look it up later, it's in the book of Daniel. But you'll remember King Nebuchadnezzar built this huge city, and, and he was very boastful, and he thought he did it all on his own and that he, he was capable of making this huge um, kingdom. And, and God showed him a little bit different. So he kind of lost it all. Um, it was seven years. He lived with the animals and had to eat the grass, it said. Um, so after that time, and he, uh, he got his voice back, he did declare that, that the God of the Israelites is the one true God, and that he who is proud is able to be humbled. Now, not only does uh, humility affect our relationship with God, but it affects our relationships with others. Um, How we treat others is how God treats us sometimes. God will be merciful to those who have mercy. God will be compassionate to those who have compassion. When we no longer just think of me and what's best for me all the time, then that is the spirit of humility. From Philippians 2.3 it says, Do nothing from selfish ambition, or conceit, but in humility regard others better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others." I think what I'm trying to say is that, um, do we have a teachable spirit? Are we ready to get insight from others, but, but mostly from God? As I drove here, I saw that you guys have a lot of construction going on up here, which is um, exciting. We should look at it in the way that, um, you know, we are ever-changing. God is always working this construction on us, and so it's okay. So when you're driving through that construction and you are tired of it and you're tired of the long wait, just remember that he's doing that and us at the same time. We're all under construction. I so appreciated um, the Olathe Congregation in the the way that you searched out and your preparation in doing the congregational blessing. I love the process that you took and um, the spiritual practices that went along with that. I was going to share part of that blessing again, but I know that you, you have it and that um, you continually remind yourself of those blessings each month, and this month of, is part of the blessing of community. But along with that, I know that you did a lot of spiritual practices in preparing for that. And our theme today of uh, called to mindfulness kind of reminds us of maybe some of the, the preparation work that you did do with. Mindfulness is kind of the new buzzword, don't you think? It's like all over now, and... And we, we know that it's been around for, I don't know, more than 2,000 years. You know, It was kind of a, a thing that had, Buddha had started back maybe 2,600 years ago. But, but maybe it's changed a bit word-wise, what they're calling it, what they say. But I'd like to share a little bit today about uh, ways that we can practice mindfulness. We can start our day, day with meditation. Now, that might look different for each person, I mean, John and I just enjoy sitting and having coffee in the morning. But but maybe that's, well, that can be mindfulness, okay? We can do that for mindfulness. But I'm thinking more of a meditation time, uh, praying, journaling, listening to something. Like I have a couple apps that I listen to in the morning, a, a Pray As You Go. I don't know if anyone listens to Pray As You Go. It, it follows the lectionary. There's also a daily audio Bible app that's very good that does a little bit of Old Testament, New Testament, Proverbs, and Psalms. I think it'd be really nice if someone in the church started an app, and they did both Doctrine and Covenants and Book of Mormon along with that. I'd listen to that one. Maybe um, being in nature, we can be very mindful. I know that most of us really appreciate being in nature, um, but maybe not part of it, like mosquitoes and sugars and poison ivy or oak mites, I don't know if you guys are having problems with those up here yet or not, but but taking a hike, just sitting in nature and and listening, being very mindful of what's going on around you. John and I recently took a a trip to Devil's Tower, and we had never been there before, and we were in awe of it. Um, It's really considered quite a sacred space for a lot of people, and uh, especially Native Americans. And we felt very drawn to it also. We uh, were lucky enough to be there, uh, I think, three days, and we took a hike, more than one hike each day. Um, And we would stop along the path not only just to catch our breath sometimes, but um, just to listen to the wind through the trees or what birds we could hear. Or you could hear the people talking that were climbing it very well. I don't know how the acoustics that was, but you could hear them talking. One morning we got up early and we um, walked up there with an intention of hanging a prayer ribbon. So we did this one time at senior high camp. I don't know which one of you guys were there that year we did that, but um, Native Americans would hang prayer ribbons and there were a lot of trees up there that had them on there, and so I had some fabric in the camper, Um, Debbie Coddington, I keep fabric in the camper, and um, And so I ripped up a couple little pieces of it, and we made an intentional visit up there just to tie a ribbon on a tree and lift our daughters in prayer, and that was very meaningful for John and I. But there are other practices for mindfulness. How about just listening? Mindful listening to each other. Not thinking about what we're gonna say or what's going on around us, but just truly listening, attentive listening to a friend Maybe mindfulness during our da- daily chores, not just trying to hurry and get through them. I'm a part of the spiritual formation and companioning program that uh, the church has. It's a three-year commitment. We're starting year two, so I would advise anyone um, that might like to um, involve in that. They s- start taking applications about a year early, so next next year maybe they'll have applications on that. but. Um, But one of the books, there's a lot of homework you have to do, so be prepared for that one if you want to do it. Um, One of the books we read was um, An Altar in the World by Barbara Brown Taylor, and she talks about spiritual practices. And one of them uh, with the mindfulness is on the daily practices, I mean the daily chores that we have. And she has a whole chapter on, well, not a whole chapter maybe, but doing the dishes and mindfulness and God speaking to her through doing dishes at the sink if you can imagine that. So whatever your daily practices or your daily chores are, think of them differently next time, not just rushing through them, but be mindful of of what's going on. In our lives, we are so busy that um, we just don't take the time to stop and enjoy. And mindful eating is also something that we can enjoy. And we're at the table today for communion, and, and I want you to think about that maybe as you Take the emblems, mindful eating, and just let it, let it touch your heart. What is God saying to you now? But even as we, uh, we're eating our food at home, you know, who prepared it, where it came from, the smells, the textures? Um, some might think it's a little bit crazy, but it certainly has a study that it helps with uh, digestion and weight loss. If you, if you like that one, I like that one. But, but think of it today during our communion, just mindful eating. I don't know if you uh, know of the Center Place congregation up in Toronto, if you've seen any of that online, but they webcast two of their services each week on Sunday, afternoon, uh, Sunday morning and on Tuesday evening. And um, they, of course, follow the lectionary. Tuesday evenings are a little bit different, but this last Tuesday he did a whole... It's a little bit long, but I think you'd enjoy it on mindfulness. So, if you wanted to dig a little deeper into mindfulness, he goes into um, really about the the history of it and how it affects our brains and the effects on our bodies and our well beings. And so, you could um, listen to that in a couple of different sessions if you wanted to. But I think you'd enjoy Cinder Place Toronto. It's kind of a um, an up and coming, exciting congregation within the church and. The way they're doing things a little bit different. They're they're actually the bottom of a, a high-rise condominium in the in the downtown area of Toronto, and and I wanted to I really was checking it out like a year or so ago, and and John was luckily doing some travel up there, and so um, I was able to go up and just be with John while he was working, and uh, and I worked out from the hotel for a couple of days, and then was able to take a, an Uber downtown and visit the congregation and and they've got some exciting things going on there. Um, John Hamer is part of the pastorate team there, and so if you wanted to check out the center place. Uh, mindfulness also involves being um, aware and the n- concerns and needs of others around us, which bring us to the second part of the parable. And if you think that I'm still just getting started, I'm wrapping up, so... Um, <laughs> The Doctrine and Covenants 163.4 says, God, the eternal creator, weeps for the poor, displaced, mistreated, diseased of the world because of their unnecessary suffering. Such conditions are not God's will. Open your ears and hear the pleading of mothers and fathers in all nations who desperately seek a future of hope for their children. Do not turn away from them, for in their welfare resides your welfare. As in our book this morning, thank you girls for their children's moments. You did an awesome job, didn't they? Um, and it's also World uh, Hunger Emphasis Day. We are aware of those needs of people around us. We are called to be invitational, to all, the noisy ones, the smelly ones, the proud ones, the ones that are just too busy. The King said everyone is invited to his table. The table is set before us this morning. It has been prepared, and we are prepared to share in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. From 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26. For I receive from the Lord what I have been handed to, also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this is the cup the new covenant of my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim god you proclaim the lord's death until he comes All are welcome at Christ's table and in community of Christ the lord's supper is a sacrament where we remember the life and the death and the resurrection of Christ Through preparing for communion, we are formed as disciples in Christ. We renew the covenant that we made in baptism, reconciled strained relationships, and commit together to the church's mission of promoting communities of generosity, justice, and peacefulness. Others may have different or added, um, within their faith tradition, different understandings. We invite all who participate in the Lord's Supper to do so with an expression of the love and peace of Jesus Christ in whose name we worship. And in closing, I just want to share uh, a sentence from the words of counsel that were given at the last World Conference, uh, the last Sunday by Steve Vizi at the Closing Worship. Go with conviction into all the locations of your discipleship to be the peace of Christ. As you do, you will discover a variety of ways in which spiritual community forms and flows as expressions of the gospel of peace. Trust what is being born. Have faith in divine purposes. Persist in hope.
4: Eternal God, we ask you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this bread and wine to the souls of all those who receive them, that they may eat and drink in remembrance of the body and blood of your Son, and witness to you, O God, that they are willing to take upon them the name of your Son, and always remember him and keep the commandments which he has given them, that they may always have his spirit to be with them. Amen.
2: Today is World Hunger Emphasis Day, the day we set aside to acknowledge the hungry in our community and the world. Since 1980, the World Church, through its World Hunger Program, has been providing funds to help educate and assist people on poverty and hunger issues. In 2018, the World Church used almost half a million dollars to support over a dozen different organizations in this effort. And also, like all first Sundays of this month, Any loose offerings in today's collection will be given to the World Church's Oblation Fund.
4: On a more local level, 15% of children in Johnson County, Kansas, are food insecure. Last school year, our Olathe congregation helped an average of 32, with 37 being the highest count of children at Indian Creek Elementary for 32 weeks with the Harvesters Back Snack program. The teachers and staff are very appreciative of our church's efforts to provide the back snacks. The teachers notice a difference in the participating students' behavior. They are more alert and happier. On and off throughout this past year, teachers relayed examples of how this program makes a difference. For example, one teacher told me how a student was so happily surprised that all those snacks were his to take home. Another teacher noticed how one of her students was using backpack snacks for snack time at school. This year will be our ninth year providing this service. As the designated faith partner of Indian Creek Elementary, there is much more as we as a community can do to support these children. They have need of mentors and buddies, as well as some handy and organized people to help transform a supply closet into a clothing closet for those kids in need. If you would like to get involved, please come see me or Mike. In Wyandotte County, where food insecurity rates surpass 20%, our congregation helps the Center of Hope provide a hot meal for 35 to 40 people uh, once a month. We have been providing this service for over 10 years, and if you would like to get involved, you can talk to Sharon Robertson for more information.
2: From 1 John chapter 3, how does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. Would you pray with me? Ushers, please come forward. Dear Lord, we pray your blessing on these funds that they may be used to help alleviate the suffering of those abroad and in our own community and that they may be used to further your will in this world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. pray together. Lord, we thank you for this day and for this hour and ask you to be with each of us with your spirit of blessing as we leave this place and time of worship. We ask that as we leave we might respond to our call of mindfulness. Please help us be aware of those around us. Help us know how we can bring your blessings to them. And Lord, as I ask this blessing on this congregation, I also thank you for the ministry of Donna, that she has provided over the years of service to our area and ask a special blessing on her and her family as they move into this phase of retirement in their life, even though it's a little bit early. I ask this blessing humbly in the name of your son, Jesus Christ.